Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160, in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. And I'm John. And my cat Percy is also here to say hi. Yep, if you heard a little rumble in John's mic, that was Percy saying hello. And he's biting on the cords. Oh, he loves I told that. Zach before we got started, I needed to get a spray bottle. And I said he would be a good boy. <laughs> yep. What's up, John? Not much. What's up with you? Just got back from golfing. Yeah, it's uh, it's 941 at night, and John was out. We had a late hit, round. Hitting balls. Um, but you know something. Something funny did happen that I thought. Oh, maybe maybe the the pod listeners will think this is funny. My, I was out golfing with my buddy Donnie, and he said, "He, we were just talking, joking around about like our shots." And I was like, "What's the plan?" And he was like, "Attack the pin." And it of course made me think of the the funniest line in any Marvel movie ever, which is what Zach. We need a plan of attack. <laughs> I have a plan. I have Attack. a plan. Attack. <laughs> yeah, so it made me think of that. I kind of laughed to myself. But how's your day going? Um, dude, my day is going pretty well. I actually got a sweet deal on a Groupon. So there's this experience that um takes you to the Titanic that's normally <laughs> a quarter million dollars. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's three hundred today, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, Man, well done. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Gosh. It's it's hard to it's hard to laugh about that without of course saying like how incredibly like sad it is that that you know uh, all that's happening and <laughs> let's talk let's go to a happier note. What else? <laughs> let's make jokes about this stuff. Where's Elon Musk when you need him? Shouldn't he have been <laughs> able to save these people? Uh, this is going to send us down another <laughs> stupid internet story of the day rabbit hole. But did you see he's trying to like box, box Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg for some reason? I think if that happened, I think Elon Musk would get beat up pretty good. Mark Zuckerberg strikes me as the type of person that like knows how to do those like jinjitsu things. And he's probably like terrible at it. But that's probably good enough to beat elon musk up pretty good yeah i i feel like he would have like a personal like at home judo sensei mark zuckerberg i'm yeah. like sure that he does <laughs> or and what's did you the one... see andrew tate said he'll train elon musk uh it's a real i don't who's know how who he'll of... do that from a romanian prison <laughs> it's a real who's who of the worst people <laughs> i know... <laughs> that's what i was thinking i was like i don't like that I'll care about anything Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg are doing, but I'll like tune in to watch two billionaires just beat each other up for a little bit. Like <laughs> that could be fun. If you put both of them in a cage, I'm rooting for the cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that'd be fun to watch them both get beat up. I don't think it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. What else happened this week that I was going to talk to you about? Oh, dude, was, nothing uh, good. Whatever it's about to be, we're gonna have. <laughs> we're gonna be touching like on some sore subjects. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. Um. Well, the Secret Invasion show came out. So, did you watch that? We can we can talk about it at the end if you want. But dude, I haven't watched it yet. But I'm even gonna be an old man who 
about everything on that front too, because during this like writer's strike and like trying to get, you know, better conditions and pay for the people that work on shows, Disney literally made like the first AI title. That's sequence. what I was going to ask you about. That's actually what I was going to ask you about was I what hate you thought that about so the AI much. stuff. Cause I wanted to be excited for that show. And now I feel like I don't even want to watch it. Like just as a, just as like a, my okay. little, let me, let support. me play devil's advocate for them quickly. So, um, because I think it's pretty silly also, you know, I guess what they said was, well, the show's about all about like human, th- you know, being human and not human. So they kind of thought that maybe it fit, which is okay, whatever. Anyway, they did not, if it makes it any better, Zach, they did not just plug in some AI thing and take the result of it. They hired the same video effects company to create them an AI generated like sequence so i I don't see the point of it if they're going to hire the company anyways they might as well have them do it but at least i don't think it's like instead of paying the the create the the normal video effects people they just ai'd it i think that they still paid them to do an ai thing i don't know it's silly no matter what but i think it's a slippery slope yeah for you know something that endangers like the whole just like all creative jobs you know and if you lend yeah. it legitimacy in this you know pretty early on and you come up with some justification for why thematically it fits the show or whatever it, it's just going to make it easier the next time and the next time and the next time until it yeah. is replacing jobs well fortunately it looks like trash so it's like been universally panned by every every comments I've seen about it. Right. Um, so do if you've modern... ever seen like AI generated like scripts, they're just like the worst thing. I, I don't think that I I totally understand that it's a slippery slope. I think I think luckily AI is not good enough to replace people yet with any type of like good outcomes, you know. I hope you're right, because I I'm kind of terrified of it. Um, okay, should we get into the Spider-Manning? I think we shall. But first, a word from our sponsor. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. We're back. We're back back. and we're ready for Venom. Because last we saw, Eddie Brock just got on the Venom suit, right? Well, he touched it. We don't know what happened, but... Yeah, maybe he died. Guess we're about to find out. Maybe he (laughs) developed respect for women. (laughs) Yes, maybe that's what the Venom suit did for him. You know, results know. may vary. Maybe. We'll yeah, see. We will. Maybe so the, the first person that shows up when he's in the Venom suit will be just a woman who's hanging out doing her job, and he won't immediately kill her. Maybe that'll happen. 
Now I got to pull up the issue because I definitely thought that was a man. Okay, I did too, but then later on in the issue, Eddie talks about that woman and he says he hurt her. So I was like, oh, I guess that was a lady. How about that? Zach and I are spoiling the first two pages of this issue. (laughs) Yeah, well, let me get to it then. Um, So this is written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by Art to Bear, colored by Transparency Digital, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. So Peter has a nightmare of when he became Venom and nearly killed that criminal. And throughout the dream, the criminal's face changes a few times. And at one point, he takes the form of Uncle Ben's killer. And Peter's face also changes form. And for one panel, he becomes Eddie Brock. And he oh, wakes that's up. Interesting. And and um, also Peter's in his Spider-Man suit to start, not his Venom suit. So that's how right away, you know, you could be like, oh, this isn't this isn't what happened. Well, and the art style. It's weird. You can tell it's still penciled by Mark Bagley, but it, it feels like digital. It doesn't feel like yeah. pencils. Um, It's kind of glossy. Uh, he wakes up in a panic and looks out his window to see that it is storming. And we next see him outside of Mary Jane's window while she sleeps. And he taps on the glass to wake her up and then points at her garage while she gets out of bed. So she opens her garage door and meets him inside it and they start to talk. And he starts by making small talk about the weather. And she asks him about the black suit and says she saw him on TV wearing it. And he tells her that was a mistake and he's done with it. And I specify that she says she saw him on TV because I think it lends credence to our thought that she wasn't supposed to be on that bus in that one panel. Remember when he was wearing it after he saved Britney Spears and we were like, was Mary Jane on that bus in the middle of the night for no reason? (laughs) And I was like, I don't think she was supposed to be, but I feel like someone said quick, draw her in. So she's, so she's in this episode. Okay. Yeah. She didn't say, she didn't say I saw you in that suit from the bus. She said she saw it on TV. Yeah, you would think she would be like, yeah, thanks for saving me. I was on that bus that you like, because didn't he like stop something from colliding with it? <laughs> yeah, the the limo was like careening yeah, right, right towards where her seat was on it. Yeah, yeah, Peter. He's just, she just can't get away from this. Like <laughs> everywhere she goes, she's like almost dying because of Spider-Man. All these people in New York City, and she's even when she's broken up with the dude, she's somehow like always yeah. in harm's way. <laughs> I feel for her. Um, and she asks him what's going on, and Peter says, "Do you miss me?" And I'm sorry, I he's just such a he's such a sad boy in this whole no, scene. He, defi- he definitely is. He even makes the comment like, "If you say no." I'll leave you alone. I won't bother you anymore. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just go away forever. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I, I, I mean, it sucks, but like, I can't hate on him too bad because I know like at 15, I was probably the exact same way. No, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. But <laughs> it's still, <laughs> there wasn't a term for it 10 years ago. We just like guys really thought this was, you know, how to play the cards. Um, well, I guess we, I never watched like Dawson's Creek 
or gossip girl or anything but i'm guessing that this is how they talked or so, just very emotional and over directed zach's looking up i know i'm thinking trying to find memories of dawson's creek i'm trying to remember what uh Penn Bagley's name is in Gossip Girl because I've Gossip watched Girl? it as I've watched it as an adult. He is Gossip Girl. Yeah, I actually. know. I I I wonder if they had that plan from season one. There's no way. That's what they, that. Sorry, Percy was knocking stuff off. That's what I've I've never seen an episode of Gossip Girl, but I have read that like there's no way that that was planned from the beginning. Yeah, because no. it's just not possible for it to add up like that. Dude, Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars are like the two chick shows that my wife got me sucked into, and I love them so much, but they're they're both so messy. Like, Pretty Little Liars is so messy, it should never have been made. It, it just straight up does not make sense, and the plots that they set up and build to have, like, flaws on every level, so they just end up making up and ending every season. <laughs> Gossip Girl was a little bit better, but it was also definitely like that. Like, there are times where he wouldn't have possibly been able to know about something, but then Gossip Girl posts about it, or <laughs> it's impossible. Uh, but all this to I say, was, he probably no, not, is the the sad boy of that show. He is, and I, uh, when I was in college, I was dating someone, and we got into Pretty Little Liars. So I watched the first couple seasons of that. And I was like pretty invested in just wanting to know who A was because that's what every single episode's about. And the first couple seasons, I feel like it's pretty good. And then later on, I was like, this is every episode is the exact same. They just don't know who A is. And then they think that they're going to find out at the end. And then it's some other something happens and they're like back. Every episode is the exact same episode. So anyway, I, I, I stopped watching it and. I feel like I've read about that one, what happened also, but I don't even remember. She's She, like, never died, right? She was alive it's, the whole time. Oh, yeah, that that ends up happening. Um, there's I love it. There's always, like, so many clues. <laughs> Spoilers and, for Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. There's so many freaking clues in that show. And, like, for a while, I was the idiot who was, like, trying to make mental notes of them and figure it out. And not a single one of them mean anything. You were paying attention more than the writers. Uh, truly that show i mean it's insane i mean between <laughs> between the plots just not making sense some of the stuff that they had the actresses wearing the dialogue and how bad it was the fact that they had like like every like teachers dating high schoolers right wasn't that one of them he was like teachers cops doctors like every <laughs> professional man under the age of 30 in this town was dating a 15 year old <laughs> it was insane it's a oh crazy person show for crazy people <laughs> by crazy people and i loved it <laughs> that's funny get us back on track oh my god yeah uh pen bagley peter parker yeah um so yeah he's uh they're making small talk he says do you miss me he does the whole if you say no i'll go away mary jane says of course she misses him and peter says it doesn't look that way at school and mary jane says me what about you you're all hopping rides with college guys and gwen stacy 
and Peter tells her nothing is going on between him and Gwen. And he then asks if MJ is seeing anyone, and she briefly jokes that she's dating Liz Allen before saying, you wish. And Peter abruptly tells MJ that he almost killed someone. I don't, I don't even, I'm sorry, Zach. I have to, I was, I don't think high school boys think you can edit this out if you need to, but I don't think high school boys think about like lesbian relationships like the way Mary Jane just joked, right? Because wasn't that her joke? Like oh, yeah. that's a joke for like an adult man, not like a fifteen-year-old boy. I don't, I don't know. I also think that this was with the context of like twenty years ago when he probably wouldn't have thought of like a lesbian relationship existing for any other reason than for to be hot to a man, you know, like today, if, if she made that joke, you know, people would think, Oh no, she really is dating someone else. But back then it's like, it's, it was so clearly like, uh, uh, not a common thing. I think he would have immediately fetishized it. Yeah. Oh, Peter. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think it it's it's helped out by the fact that it doesn't linger too long as a joke. Yeah, it doesn't linger as long as we just lingered on it. Exactly. We could move past it if John didn't keep dragging us back. <laughs> well, we can move past it if Zach edits this out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he, he abruptly changes the subject and says he almost killed someone. So he goes from sadding from sad boy to brooding boy. And uh, then he goes back to sad boy and he says, he says, I miss you so much, MJ. And I swear, if I knew what was going on with your dad, I would have been there for you. I wasn't trying to make you feel bad or anything. I would never want to make you feel bad. I care about you. If you would sit me down and tell me about any of the stuff that was going on, I'd be there. The reason nothing is going on with Gwen the reason nothing will ever go on between me and Gwen is because I'm not in love with her. And the reason I can't sleep at night and the reason I'm here is because I love you. And Mary, so he, he drops that bombshell and Mary Jane just says, I'm so scared. This isn't a normal life, Peter. These aren't normal things. I don't. And then she trails off, turns around and walks back inside. <laughs> And Peter's left standing in the rain, walking away. Yeah. Good so, for you, MJ. So melodramatic. Yep. I love it. Um, I don't. We... I'm going to tell you about more how I don't like that at the end <laughs> when we're recapping the issue. <laughs> I mean, I it's, you have to like it ironically. Like, you have to see that this is like, it's almost like a parody scene. Um, okay. I guess if you're looking at it like that, I I guess I was thinking, yeah, well, that's kind of how I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, if these were like adults going through this stuff, it would like make sense to talk about this, I feel. But these are like kids that are one or two years older than the kids your Zach's wife and I teach. And if they were doing this, I'd be like, get it together. Okay. (laughs) Like you're 15 chill but it's not that big of a deal go back inside 
But the funny Get thing out is, of the rain. they don't have that context. Like they they are feeling so much higher. I know. Than us. I know. John, do you remember feelings? <laughs> so we cut to the Empire State University Science Building, where a night janitor is listening on a port- portable radio to a talk show caller complaining about the Hulk attack and the Ultimates. I thought that was a nice touch because we yeah. know what she's referencing. And she's complaining about like the Hulk just like came out of nowhere and the Ultimates like cleaned it up and like who the heck are these guys? And we know from reading that that the caller is absolutely right. The Ultimates like caused the big mess in the first place. <laughs> but it's funny because they're on a radio show that I'm guessing is like like a shock and Alex Jones kind yeah. of yeah like I think in their world this is like a conspiracy theory of oh I yeah. bet the ultimates are behind the thing yeah um the janitor then discovers a massive bubbling pile of black goo and the goo develops eyes and a nose and says so cold and the janitor starts asking questions and trying to help whoever's inside the goo. But the goo develops tentacles and a mouth with fangs, and it grabs the janitor and eats them. And we see Eddie Brock stands up naked as the suit morphs and swims around his body. And he has an internal monologue that I'm not going to read because it's really long and not necessary. But I thought it was surprisingly similar to Norman Osborne's when the Oz formula drove him mad. Yeah, it kind of is similar to that. I want to touch on one line. There's there's like a bunch of panels of him like thinking to himself, like Zach just said. And one of these says, <laughs> my Frisbee, dot, 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 I'll kill you. <laughs> what is yeah. that? Reference? Did In the home video... Did Spider did Peter like lose his frisbee or something? That's the only thing I could think is that it's I didn't go back and call back to the home video. <laughs> okay, that's that's what I was thinking it was also. I'm thinking maybe Peter lost Eddie's frisbee or something in that home video. I wanna say I think that does happen. If that's the case, Bendis, you son of a gun, that's pretty good. If not, <laughs> what were you doing? It's also like pretty silly. It's like, that's like, what, like 10 or 15 years ago? Like, it must be because, like, Eddie just watched the video. And, and like he's thinking about Peter. He certainly hasn't been hanging on to Peter losing his Frisbee for 15 years, you would hope. Right. I, I think just meeting him again and watching the video and having the that suit on, which definitely still has some Peter residue on it. I think it's just bringing him back. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the suit fully envelops him and for a second, he looks like Spider-Man in the black suit. And then two security guards arrive and start to call for backup and his massive mouth and large teeth reappear. And at this point he's fully venom. And the implication is that he eats them. And the next day in geometry class, it's still raining hard. Peter's spider senses start going off and he thinks he's going crazy. Uh, But then he looks out the window and he sees venom on the roof of the school. 
And Peter thinks, um, here, can I, can I interrupt you? Yeah. And talk about this math teacher. <laughs> oh yeah. Could you relate? So, yes. Yes. I actually can. It's actually really funny. And I think it's like perfect writing by Bendis. So <laughs> they're sitting there in math class and this teacher, they're talking about like the Euclidean plane and geometries and, and whatever. And he's just kind of going on about it. But then he goes, you're gonna, he's like, you'll be introduced to basic postulates and theorems of geometry. This is pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, that sounds so much like me when I'm trying to teach something. And I'm just like, guys, this is, this is really exciting stuff. <laughs> like, this is cool. Okay. Isn't this cool, guys? You know, as I'm like, if you, if you tell the kids it's, it's fun enough times, they'll have to believe it. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, well, how about that? A equals MX plus B every time. Hey, that's cool. Wait, A equals MX plus B. It's Y equals MX plus B. See, this is why I hated math. What? Okay, the it's A squared plus B squared equals C squared that I'm thinking of, right? That is Pythagorean's theorem. But I'm just saying I was conflating the two. Yes. A squared plus B squared does equal C squared. And y does equal mx plus b. That's finding a linear. That's finding a line. Uh, yeah, isn't it slope? Y yes, m is the slope. Yeah. So y is your y coordinate. X is your x coordinate. M is the slope, and b is the y intercept of the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I just yeah. I'm well, back. I almost well, I almost did that when you were reading Peter's entire sad boy speech out. So that's fair. All right. So this is exciting stuff. Okay, I know it's a damn shame that Peter is not focused on this math lesson because he has to go fight Venom or whatever. Yeah. So he runs out of the classroom. Oh, sorry. Before that, he thinks to himself, "I can't believe I'm such an idiot." The costume has a biological memory. I gave it memories to build on. I thought it just died. And now it's here and it doesn't even know why. So he thinks the suit is just acting on its own behest, trying to find him. And he runs out of the classroom and meets Venom on the school's football and, field. And as he's running out of the classroom, I'm sorry, the math teacher had another funny line that I got. <laughs> this is, I told you, I think that this is actually like really good writing for Bendis because as Peter's running out of the classroom, the teacher is like, I know you guys always ask me, when are you going to use this in the real world? But I think it's more just about how interesting it is. And Zach, when I tell you, and I'm sure Shiloh tells you also, the kids ask a million times, when are we ever going to use this in the real world? And I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. You're using it now. <laughs> you probably won't ever need to know that a squared plus B squared equals C squared in the real world. So I, mean, I, clearly I, really I didn't. Like, so I think that like this, uh, this, this teacher writing is like spot on from Bendis. It's a good Dude. little real world touch. Dude, I was that crappy kid every time that was asking that. And it's like, I, I don't know what I expected. It's like I thought that by pointing out that none of this matters, like, <laughs> teacher would cancel the lesson or something. No, they well, just roll their eyes. Well, and this teacher does say the lessons are more of a ph philosophical one. And that's not what I say, but I do say it's more about learning the critical thinking skills than knowing, you know, anyway, it's 
I'm sure the kids don't always buy it, but I'm glad you're you're still fighting the good fight. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he runs out onto the. It, before I keep going, is there anything else <laughs> that the teacher says that's cool? Yeah, but it's in the next issue. Oh, good. Okay. So he <laughs> runs out uh onto the football field to meet with Venom, and Venom says, "You shouldn't have lied to me, Peter." And Peter realizes in horror that Eddie Brock is inside of the suit. And Eddie shows his face for a moment and says, our parents died to create this. And now you will too. Spooky. Yep. <laughs> okay. What do you think? Give me your whole review. I've got a couple thoughts about this one. I'm and, I, get... and I want to hear about yours before I say mine. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Oh, I do have a, I have a uh, I have a, a grading scale. system. Oh man, yeah. I had one too. Okay, what's yours? We'll see what's better. Yours is probably better. Uh, we don't know that. I was gonna say seven out of ten geometry principles that you'll never use in the real world. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I have um, out of ten frisbees that Eddie Brock lost. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can go with either of them. We'll, we'll say both and. Okay. Yep. So do you have like thoughts on it or you just want to give it a review? Uh, yeah, I should probably share my thoughts. Um, this was good. I mean, I liked the, I, it sounds like it, the garage scene didn't work for you. I was just in the mood today where, I mean, obviously I got excited talking about pretty little liars. Like I, for whatever reason was just like, sappy for this like you teen love the drama. teenage drama <laughs> dude it's it's food for the soul it's just so <laughs> dumb but like so wrong it is it it, it is really dumb i thought that too <laughs> that's okay dumb things can be good too sometimes um so there was that and then uh i, I know this is like an easter egg this isn't actually meant to carry the story but I did really like it that the radio broadcast was talking about the ultimates. Oh yeah. Thing. That was great. Yep. It feels like it b brings the world together. It cements yeah. that this is the same, same place in time. Yeah. Um, so just going through the issue, I thought, uh, you know, Peter and MJ's talk about their feelings. I thought that was pretty meh, you know, <laughs> It was fine. It was kind of goofy. Like I said, I'd be like, get it together, kids. Um, Eddie talking to himself for as long as he did. Meh. You know, even you said when you're reviewing it, you're like, there's a bunch of panels of Eddie talking to himself and I'm not going to say them because they're not important. And it's like, yeah, they weren't at all. They were kind of nonsense. Yeah. And to be honest, if I had paid more attention to them, I think I may have because I read them. I just no, didn't I add don't them think to so. my notes. No, I think you I wouldn't have, have. I would have disliked this issue. Oh, more. okay. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. They're they're just all kind of like Peter. It's something. Whatever. Oh. Where's my frisbees? Yeah. When I say that they're similar to the Green Goblins, mad thoughts. I actually liked those because I was able to decipher some of them, and they yeah. were really abstract. And I I got meaning from it. Like you said, these ones are just kind of their surface level yeah um so also peter is peter has a very distinct look to him this whole issue webheads he's walking around in the rain with his hoodie up 
and he does just look like a sad boy. Zach put it perfect as soon as we got into the issue, which I don't really like. So I don't really like his look in the rain, the whole issue. Um, the math teacher was the bright spot of this issue for me, along with that news cast uh, talking about the Hulk. And I really just don't like how Venom just immediately eats people when he sees them. I, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for these fictional people. And the thing is, Zach, he just eats them immediately. And that custodian had a life and like maybe a husband or a wife and she just won't come home tonight and they'll never pay her another thought in this comic. You know, we're never, I, I doubt we're going to hear on the news. Oh man, the custodian. That's so sad. Like she had a husband, you know, it's just like a person that died and, and that stuff you can hear. It kind of gets, gets to me a little bit. So I don't like that. He just immediately kills people. I know he's like a villain and that's what they do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you want I don't all those like super it. heroics with none of the collateral damage. I just want it to feel like that was a real person and their death should be somewhat significant in in any way at all. It shouldn't just be brushed past, you know. We should at okay. least hear about it on the news or something like that, you know. Um and I don't like how Eddie walks around like a gorilla when he's in the Venom suit. So it was kind of a met issue for me. So I, I gave it five out of 10 Frisbees. You know, what's funny is you mentioned something that I noticed that I think kind of worked for me that you didn't like, which was he's got the, <laughs> the hood gorilla. up and no, oh. Peter has his hood up walking in the rain, hunched over and his hair is like wet and it's long. So it's like over his eyes. And it's, I grew up on emo and pop punk and that was like, Oh, I can relate to this guy. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. And it went with the sad boy speech. It was just yeah. it's so funny. I can see. Yeah, Peter, ex- Peter was a bit too sad for me, this issue. I can see exactly what the vision was for this issue. Like what Peter's going through. I'm like, yes, it was good. Yeah, he's, it was very real world. He's listening to a lot of bright eyes, yeah. which I and- can relate to. And also something I know you don't look at, but the title of this episode issue was still, which I think is boring. And I don't even know what that is supposed to like mean. So So I actually did notice that and I'm going to blow your mind. The title on the next one on the front page is different. But when you open it, the first page again says still. So I think that does think that might have been a mistake. I think they named it two consecutive issues still well i think they messed up on the second page of the second one it's supposed to be called the second issue should we get into it are we ready yeah any more thoughts so issue 38 is called father's pride and uh the cover is venom and spider-man fighting and it's written by our standard creative team and peter is back in his basement listening to um an old video of his father and his dad is talking about the history of cancer starting in the bc and and you know apparently cancer has been around since bc and then in ancient greece it was named by hippocrates because the tumors that people would get look like crabs and the word for crab was carcinoma and that that kind of sounds like carcinoma so what do you think about that zach 
That's interesting. I I thought that was very interesting. Didn't have a chance to look up if it's historically accurate, but I assume it is. Yeah. I don't know enough about the history of cancer to dispute it, but it sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And Peter's dad on the video talks about how his father, so Peter's grandfather, withered away from cancer and he never wants to have another child. He never wants another child to have their dad die and not know why. And um I do think it's it's funny how like heavy-handed some of these older videos are uh like that their kids watch years later. And like the Iron Man one in the Mar- in the MCU, whenever he watches videos of his dad, it's like the same thing. So Peter's dad continues and he's like with our new invention, the suit we were closer than anyone had ever come before. Not Reed Richards, not Tony Stark, not William Marsden, not Alexander Hallow, Haddo. And two are those last two people. Of course, we all know who Reed Richards and Tony Stark are. But who's William Marsden? I don't know. My guess is maybe they're real world scientists. Oh, and Alexander Haddo. That's not a famous comic guy either. Not as far as I know. Okay. Um. But Peter's dad says it blew up in their face. And those those words are juxtaposed, juxtaposed with Peter walking out in the rain in his rain outfit that he's been wearing the past issue, meeting a ferocious looking Venom face to face. And Peter asks Eddie if he did this to himself on purpose. And Eddie, as Venom, just kind of begins to fight. He's stretching his like, would we call them tendrils? Ooh, that's that a good right word, word for, for that? it. Yeah, because I don't okay. think they're really tentacles. Yeah. So we'll say he's stretching his tendrils out, and he kind of starts to smack Peter around while Peter just tries to talk him down. And he's explaining that it's just the suit. It's not Eddie. And Eddie yells back, our fathers died to create me. Now you will too. And Peter's like, yeah, you said that already, <laughs> which is the last, which were the last words of the previous issue. And as soon as he said that, I immediately was like, he already said that. And then Peter's like, you said that already. Yeah, I thought that was funny, too. <laughs> um, And then Peter's uh, and then Venom like runs at him again. And he's like, now you will. And it reminds me of when you're playing a boss in a video game. And they just have these preloaded lines that they like yell at you intermittently. And they just yell the same things over and over again. I don't know if you have that experience with video games, Zach. It, yes. And it's funny that you, this made you think of a video game. Why? Because the ultimate Spider-Man game for PlayStation 2 is ripped directly from this story in the comics. And I think this is like a playable level on it is fighting him in the I rain on a football field. he just field. says the same thing over he and over might. again. Also, Peter and Venom are fighting like right outside the school. Remember, Peter walked out of math class to like meet him outside. Yeah, so he's not so, in his suit. And, and I say that because in the next page peter kind of gets caught up in all of venom's different webs uh, or tendrils and there's just a cut in of the math teacher saying i don't think there's anything more exciting than basic geometry (laughs) and i think that's supposed to be talking about like all the different like ways that peter's tied up in venom's stuff it's like a joke so i told you we'd be back on the math teacher 
And Peter is trying to get the situation under control, but he's outside of the school and he's got no suit and no web shooter. So he doesn't really know what to do. And Peter begins to, or Venom begins to choke him. And Peter uses his big spider strength and he squeezes the tendrils really hard. And it causes Venom to freak out. And uh, Venom and Eddie like start fighting or something like that. Peter's like getting choked and then he just like squeezes one of the tendrils and like then Venom starts like freaking out and then him and Eddie like kind of start fighting amongst themselves it even seems on the next page with like their back turned and uh anyway it doesn't really matter that much okay this is a this is a pretty raw amateur pod so I see the panel you're talking about I just didn't realize Eddie was fighting Venom I don't know if they are I don't know. Maybe maybe Peter like smacks him and I, and uh, you know we, we, it's just not really shown that well but um but whatever. And Peter you know Eddie, Eddie and uh Venom are kind of fighting and Peter's thinking to himself like I still can't tell if Eddie wants out or if he like likes what's happening and Venom smacks Peter again and growls at him. And Peter's like, okay, well, that's it. I I have to, you know, I have to show these guys what's up. So, and it's also funny that Peter is thinking to himself, like, man, I only survived this suit because I have superpowers. Eddie's got no chance. He's not even in good shape. (laughs) And, And that's just something that if Eddie Brock heard, it would cut him to his core, I think. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it's such a throwaway comment that peter is like he's this guy's a schlub he's got no chance and he's not even saying it to anyone that's genuinely I how know, he feels i know yeah <laughs> where am i so peter jumps away and uh venom's kind of trying to swing after him and peter's like there's no way that's eddie controlling the suit it's just imitating what i did as spider-man because it's like swinging after him and it catches up to it's him AI. And Peter and... yes <laughs> it could be i mean it kind of is isn't it i mean it is it's tech sort of. it's just technology that their dad's made yeah so peter and venom begin to tussle on the roof and venom tackles him off the building and they kind of fall through some electrical wires on the street And Peter thinks to himself how stupid he is for bringing the fight to where innocent people are. But fortunately, Eddie is laying unconscious on the street with like the big mask teeth opened as if it's a helmet. And we can see Eddie's face. And Eddie's like, Peter. And Peter walks up close to him. And then, of course, the venom, the venom mouth comes back and like growls at him. And that's such a rookie move. We all knew that was going to happen. And the Venom suit pulls Peter in and we get two total panels of just blackness. And I actually thought that that's where the issue was going to end. I did too for a minute. Yeah. Uh, And Peter begins to fight with the suit to escape it. And Eddie, Eddie and Venom are yelling at him that Peter's a thief and a liar. And Peter pleads with Eddie that the suit's killing him. And Eddie's like, I have to. It needs you to survive. It needs you more than me. I can't do it alone. It needs you. This is all your fault. 
And with one last push, Peter jumps out of the suit and Venom continues to yell after him and needs you. And it makes me like think about the the like a the video game boss again. Um and then Peter smacks him up with a tire and it's pretty awesome looking. It's very <laughs> amazing Spider-Man 2 where he hits that guy with the tire shaped thing. Oh, the um manhole cover. The manhole great, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what the hit venom yelling uh he needs you it i know it's not exactly what he says but it feels spiritually like a callback to um his little talk with mary jane where he's like i need you (laughs) i i wonder if it is thematically like who's being baggy now yeah this is what you sounded like peter the irony is definitely lost on him. Yeah. Okay, so Peter continues to beat Eddie with a tire until the police show up. And Eddie's yelling at him about how he lied to him. And Peter just says, duly noted. And the police begin to just spray bullets at Venom. And Peter jumps out of the way. And the bullets are just kind of being absorbed. And they just the police kind of just start firing like everything that they have at him. It looks like they're just firing like much like bigger bullets. And, and then we go back to the video narration by Peter's dad kind of running over the top of the remaining panels. And he talks about looking at the experiment down the road and people being like, why would someone ever do this to themselves? And this is like being put over the top of Eddie, like as a monster absorbing all these bullets and then he either like explodes and escapes or he explodes and is just like evaporated. But I believe the venom suit is just like goo on the ground, right? Yeah. Which probably won't keep it down forever. But well, and so is Eddie dead? Are we supposed to believe that Eddie Brock has died? I think at this point it seems like Eddie's dead because it's it seems like there's the goo but not the host, you know. But he was such a good guy. <laughs> I just hate it when these characters who haven't done anything wrong are just killed off by these comic book writers. <laughs> the college um, reggae band lost a good fan tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the college reggae band scene will pour one out tonight. <laughs> He he was 10% of their t-shirt sales. <laughs> um, so we we end back at Peter on at his basement, depressed about his bad Spider-Manning, while his dad gives him some speech that I didn't really understand or read all that carefully. And <laughs> but it ends with <laughs> It ends with, this is how it like finishes. <laughs> He's like, people aren't going to understand this, but you know what? I can't complain about work all that much because at the end of the day, I'm just happy to be here and be alive and watch my son get to grow up. And I just love being alive with you, Peter, and your mom, who's also alive. I love her too. <laughs> all right, take it easy. <laughs> That's obviously not exactly what is said, but that is like that's what I mean when they're like they're so heavy handed with these videos. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, I, yeah, so it was pretty funny. It was pretty heavy handed. He he does talk about that a couple of times. He's like, I just love that I'm going to get to watch you grow up and nothing can take that away from me. All right. Have a good one, Peter. <laughs> I so hope that- you don't watch this 15 years from now when I've died a mysterious death. Son, I want you to look straight up. You see those massive towers? My love for you is as permanent as both of those babies. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that would that would really be gosh. Um actually, you know what I did just think about though? Did this this comic is after 2001. We're in like 2003 now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because the early the issues were 2001. Yeah, the early issues had the towers in the background a couple times. Yeah. Well, I like this one more than the last one. I thought it was way more fun. Um, Peter has some good jokes about Eddie repeating himself. I don't believe for a second that Peter sprinted out of math class where he could see Venom from the window and he just walked out of math class over to fight this giant monster and none of his classmates saw him while he was doing this whole thing. Um, Okay, I can try and explain this away. (laughs) Have you seen uh, 10 Things I Hate About You? No, I actually haven't, but I know it's John Ritter. Uh, directing or? No, he's like the dad in 10 Things I Hate About You, I think. Is John oh, the Ritter, dad. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say it's Heath Ledger is like the the main. It's Heath Ledger and um, Julia oh, that, Stiles. That must be what I'm thinking. Okay, go on. Simple um, rules for dating my teenage daughter. That's John Ritter. Never heard of it. Okay. Um, but there's a, there's a scene in Ten Things I look at me. I'm just talking about all my chick flick sh- yeah. like lo- shows and movies. Uh, there's a scene in that where Heath Ledger is like trying to sneak out of detention or something, and she's trying to help him, and she like walks into the room and is on the other side of it, and is like. Hey, look, guys, a distraction. And she just like flashes her bra <laughs> and he climbs out the window. And I like to think that like, because we know Mary Jane was in the geometry class. Do we, do we think that? Oh, oh, OK. Like she's <laughs> she's like doing something ridiculous on the other side of the room. So no one's looking out the window. That's funny. That must have been what is happening. I'll take that. Mary Jane flashed her bra so the whole class to keep Peter from being seen. You know, it doesn't have to be that. It could really be any distraction. But if it was that, at least they kept it off the page, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So let's see. Yep. It was a fun one. Him smacking Eddie around with a tire was nice. So uh, I gave it 8 out of 10 number of times Eddie repeats himself. Which, yeah, which really might have been 10, this issue. Um, I'm also going to give it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was pretty nice. solid. I liked it a little bit better than the the last one. Nice. Nice. Um, oh, man. Do we have anything else? Um, that we means got... we're almost done. I know. Oh, uh, real quick. Because we can do this, because it's our show. Um, last week, before we started recording, you said Hobie Brown got you 
in the spirit of punk rock and you started listening to some punk. Yes, but you're going to be upset because it's not what I was actually going to tell you was the punk playlist I had on. It was just like not punk. I'm going to read you some of the songs and I guess you tell me if this is punk or not. But the way I think of this, I'm like, no, this is like closer to ska than I don't know. I'll read some of them here. Ska and also punk have some to, crossover. I was also listening to an essential ska playlist today. So, ooh, that's good. Okay, was it this pop punk mix that I maybe did? No, I mean, that wasn't it. That sounds good too. You know, all of that stuff is my bread and butter. I know. I don't know. Of course, now I can't find that playlist that I had on. It was bands you've never heard of, like the Ramones. Yeah. Obscure <laughs> bands that never have their shirts sold at the mall or Walmart. Yeah. Um, um, oh, oh, okay. It was like the impression that I get from the Mighty Mighty Ballstones, which is great. Zach knows I love that song and it makes me think of him because he's the one who showed it to me. Um, but like, what? that's not punk. And then like, my own worst enemy, all the small things like just like this music that I would just call nineties music is on this punk list, which are jams, but I'm like, this isn't punk, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just a kid by simple plan. Yeah. It's a jam, but is it punk? (laughs) These are like artists that will play punk fests and like we're on warp tour at some point and maybe their early stuff would be considered punk, but yeah, you're, you're talking about the rate, their radio hits, you know? Yeah. The stuff that makes it in movies and commercials. Yeah. Okay, so we, we are we done with the Spider-Man issue? Should we move on to our yeah. last segment of, yeah. of just extra things that yeah, we seem to be in? Let's move on. Okay, that, those were good issues. Moving on to extra things. Okay, now we're back into punk. Oh, you were we were you done? <laughs> were you done with that? I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you and stop you. I just wanted to, uh, Zach. I'm trying a little more structure on this podcast. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we've been told we lack that. <laughs> <laughs> no someone actually did write us a very very nice review that zach and i are just having fun with they left us a very nice five-star review um and they mentioned that we're amateurish and it's raw but if you like that kind of thing then you might like this so so we've just been having fun with that uh, but it- we do appreciate the reviews for sure and uh you know especially because some cowards Zach told me left us one star reviews early on. So it helps bump the rating up to where it of course should be. And we're not mad about the one star reviews. We're mad that they didn't say it with their chest and leave a reason why. So yeah, exactly. If you think Uh, our show is worth (laughs) one star and you don't want to explain yourself, you know, on the internet for everyone to see, that's fine. Um, Tell us where to meet you. (laughs) dark parking lot somewhere we can arrange it we'll leave that leave that comment we'll find out you know what what you don't like about our podcast <laughs> yeah zach and i are big tough guys um let's see i do have i think something i want to talk about okay how rich do you think brian michael bendis is um 
And I was going to do something fun and Google Brian Michael Bendis net worth and see which of us got closest. And then I want to tell you why I think he should be really rich. I think as far as comic book writers, he's in the top 1%. Okay, so when I Google net worth, which we all know is extremely accurate information, what do you think it's going to say? I... I think it's going to come down not to what he got paid by Marvel and DC. I think it's going to come down to like, does he have royalties on any of these characters? Cause I truly don't know. Like if he, if he is getting any kind of royalties on miles Morales, it's, it's going to be, he like writing is not going to be his big moneymaker, you know? Okay. I'm going to guess four and a half million just to put a number on it. And then I'll tell you, of course, why I'm going to, why I brought this up, which I'm sure you, you've already kind of touched on. I'm going to undercut you. I'm going to say maybe 2 million. Cause I'm Four thinking just right. Oh, nice. Um, okay. And here's why he obviously deserves way more. Um, because like you mentioned, Miles Morales is like the biggest thing in the world right now. And that's his as far as superhero movies go and that's his character and i also just learned that he is the one that wrote the secret invasion storyline that is now its own tv show and i'm sure he's written a ton more stuff you know that the mcu has turned into like a billion dollar thing um like i think kamala khan didn't you tell no. me that he made him her okay never mind. no that was g will oh, wilson well then sorry but but um he, you uh, would just hope he would jessica you know, jones jessica you know, jones so the they're Netflix turning TV his characters show. into billion dollar like properties you would hope that he would get some sort of a like percentage of that and any percentage of that at all is millions and millions of dollars so well even if he's it's just another writer being stiffed even if he's not getting money directly for you know just having created them I know he's like helping with those projects as an advisor and yeah, I bet, you know, they write a little check for that. Um, yeah, but I'm going to go on Hopefully. record and say, I think all comic book writers and artists need more money. I think, I think we need to do more to, you know, take care of the people who give us all these wonderful stories and keep these, you know, characters alive. Yeah. Very well said. And by we, I don't actually mean us. I mean, like... I'm not going to pay them. I'm no. sure as hell not going to buy a comic book. God, I have no. this Marvel Unlimited pass. Yeah, the <laughs> businessmen need to figure out how to make our subscription feed all the mouths. Yeah. yeah. I already pay so much for these comic books. <laughs> yeah. So not us, but someone else needs to get onto this thing that I'm passionate about. Yeah. <laughs> you got anything else? I want to. We're just having so much fun. I know we are having um, fun. It's almost eleven o'clock I, at night. I don't even. I don't even feel tired. Is there anything from our Spider Verse talk that you uh, wished you had mentioned at the time and forgot to? Like I mean, did, when when we signed off, did you think like, oh, I wish I had mentioned that? I wanted to know what bands you were listening to. Um, oh, okay. And then I realized I don't think we ever actually finished Hobie's story. Well, we also didn't give it a rating, I think I mentioned today, unless we rated it out of like 100 Spider-Men. I think we did that for the movie. I think, okay, did we? Okay. 
So basically his story ended with, you know, you got the punks on one side, you've got Norman Osborn, Venom, and his cops on the other side. They just kind of run at each other. Hobie, like, chops Osborn's head off with his guitar. <laughs> and that's that's it. He just he just beheads him with a guitar. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. The president of the United States, Norman Osborn. He that guy's like, a legend. Straight up assassinates him with an electric guitar. And that was the day that we fought back or something like that. What does it say on that page? That was the day we took back the city or something. Yeah. Except it really wasn't because then they have to keep making more comics for the characters. So they have to keep coming up with, you know, other bad people that fill the power vacuum. And then, hey, wouldn't you know it? Norman Osborn's still alive. But it's a cool way to go away, Zach. That's true. You can't cut off fascism's head. It's a metaphor. Two more tickets, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what would you give that? What would you give that? That story? That was cool. Um, Oh my gosh, 10 out of 10. I loved it. Captain Anarchy, Hobie Brown, like sitting up there yelling stuff. That was like a great little six pages. Yeah, that's a 10 out of 10 for me also. Um, He's got... Actually, you know what, Zach? I think maybe on that one, we turned it up to 11. Ooh. So I'll give it an 11 out of 10. I like it. 11 is louder. We got to do 11. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He really hasn't had any bad appearances until very, very recently. There's a, there's an, inf- yeah, there's an infinity comic that someone wrote that was just atrocious. And I took a screenshot and sent it to someone and I was like, it was one single panel that had like five cringy like bits of dialogue. Uh, and I was like, this is the single worst thing I've ever read. But other I than that, see, he's been golden. I could see how like for him as a character specifically, if you got someone that just didn't understand how to write him and just like didn't understand that like attitude, you know, or like how it would just be awful. You just be like, this isn't, this isn't punk rock at all. Like, That's exactly what happened. They got someone who didn't know what punk was and seemingly hadn't read any of his previous appearances. And he all of a sudden talked like a 11 year old on Fortnite. Like he was like, bro, that's so cringe. Oh like, my gosh. That's yeah. awful. You're weak sauce Osborne. You can't, oh you can't keep gosh. up with me. Like just stupid stuff like that's that. Terrible. Yeah, that's punk, baby. Yep. Um. Okay, you got anything else? I don't. I think. It's what are we reading time. for next week? What are we doing for next week? Next week we are in Ultimate Spider-Man issues thirty-nine and forty. Issues thirty-nine and forty, and this will be the se- the first time we've stuck with Ultimate Spider-Man for a couple episodes in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do have one more thing. We did get a comment request to make the YouTube channel cleaner. Uh, <laughs> did I say this on the last one, Zach? No. Okay. Well, I did it a couple weeks ago, and I keep forgetting to say, but the YouTube channel is cleaner now. You've got playlists. You know, everything's titled well. So very easy. And 
I don't remember who said to do that, but I did it for you. Thanks, John. <laughs> um, thank you to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. And of course, thank everyone for listening and leaving a review and a comment. You can find us first read ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple music or anywhere else. People listen to podcasts, or you can come chat with us and leave us a comment on Instagram at first read podcast. Send us an email at first read Spidey at gmail.com. Or you can come on down to our new and improved YouTube channel. First read ultimate Spider-Man podcast at ultimate Spider-Man podcast. See you next week, Zach. See ya.